0: If you would turn in your Bibles with me, we're going to be looking out of First Corinthians, chapter twelve this morning, starting in verse twelve. <clears throat> I had a I had a text about uh, a week and a half ago, and Sam sent me a message, and he said, hey, man, listen, I'm going to be in France. Would you mind leading worship? I said, sure, no problem. I'd be delighted to. Done that before. No problems there. So we got together, talked about it, uh, put together a set, and very much looking forward to it. And well, then about a day later, I get a text from Pastor Jesse. Hey, Chad, I'm going to be in France. Would you mind preaching? <laughs> Uh, and I said, okay, um, haven't, uh, haven't done that before here, but, uh, you know, what would you like me to speak on? And he gave me a couple of thoughts and ideas of where we were going, and then we, we came up together with a, a plan, and I said, all right, I'll go for it. So, um, so you get the third string quarterback this week, so, uh, but I, I gotta tell you, I'm really looking forward to sharing with you guys, um, and I'll tell you Why? Um, my prayer for this week has been, God, help us as a team and as a church to remember that it's about you and not us. And that's what I'm excited about. Because it's not about me bringing this, bringing this message to you. This is about a declaration of what God is doing in the body of Christ. So I'll make you a deal. We're going to pray together. So if you would be praying for me. But let's pray that I can get out of the way. And that God would meet with us this morning. Sound good? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. We are delighted that you have given us a morning. When we can come together. And be in your presence. Sit at your feet. Be still. Be still. And know that you are God. God, I thank you for the words that you continue to give to us, Lord. The promise that not only are you with us every single second of the day, but you're never going to leave us, and that you're always working on us. So, Lord, it is my desire to give you all the glory this morning, and we pray desperately, Lord. That you would meet with us here. And not just here, Lord, but in France, where Pastor Jesse and Pastor Sam are, and in the churches all around the world, as the body of Christ gather together. Meet with us, Lord, that we can gather together in your name to bring praise to your name. And it's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. So I'm going um, to read 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12. I'm going to go a little bit probably up to about verse 26 just to give us a little bit of here's what we're talking about. And then I'll go through a bit of the context. And there's a couple of points that I'd like for us to look at this morning. But here's how it begins. So if you would read with me, here it goes. It says, the body is a unit, though it is made of many parts. And though all its parts are many, they form one body. So it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Now the body is not made up of one part, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be part of the body, and if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has arranged the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is. But God has combined the members of the body and has given great honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. I had the opportunity to go back and listen to a few of Pastor Jesse's sermons from the last couple of weeks. And as you know, he's been speaking on um, the development of holiness in our lives, the pursuit of holiness. And in context, last week, he was talking about the church culture. What should the church look like when you walk in as God has designed it? And he was referring specifically last week to the temple of God as our body. Because it is where the spirit dwells, and where the spirit dwells, that is the temple of God. Well, this week we're going to continue a little bit in the church of body. Excuse me, the church of Christ, okay? The body of Christ. And we're going to look at it from that perspective, the fact that we are a body, one complete body. Many of us here. Now, As we look out, we can see there's a lot of bodies out here. But it doesn't say we are many bodies. It says we are one body. So the first thing that we want to look at is to say that there is one body here. Many people, but one body. So how, how can so many people make up one body, which is the body of Christ? I mean, we're all different living organisms, How is it, though, that the Bible says we are one body? Well, I wanted to look a little bit at the human body because, obviously, I I know a little bit about it because I have one. It's important to know. But also from the perspective of um, I have a – we have an anatomy and biology teacher at school. She's an amazing woman, and she knows a lot of her stuff. So I kind of touched bases a little bit there. But also, um, I started to look at what really makes up our body. And did you know – that there are tiny little living organisms that make up our body that are called cells. And just recently, scientists have actually found out, or given at least a rough estimate, of how many cells we actually have in our body. Any guesses? 75 million? A lot? (laughs) Let's, Let's go a little bit more. Okay, let's try, there, there we go, <laughs> there we go. Let's try 37.2 trillion cells in our body. So when I read that, I gave glory to God because I said, wow, what an amazing thing that he has done. Now to put that a little bit in perspective, this past week in Bible class, I was talking to the, uh, the kids at, at school where I teach about King Solomon. And we were talking about King Solomon's wealth, um, Uh, So King Solomon was king over the kingdom for 39 years, and his annual income for each of those years was, I believe, 666 talents of gold. That comes out to about 25 tons of gold per year over the span of those 39 years in the kingdom. So I wanted to see and have the kids understand what uh, King Solomon's net worth would be if he were living today. Counting inflation and all that stuff, taking everything into account. So forget Bill Gates and Jeff Bezos, you know, at, at 100 billion or 130 billion. King Solomon's worth nowadays, if he had it, would be $2 trillion. That would be his net worth. Which again, you put trillion, you're like, well, how much really is that? So I had to calculate that out to, to tell the kids. I said, basically, if King Solomon were giving dollar bills out, Every second. Well, here's the easiest way to do this. I figured out my net worth. (laughs) If I were giving out dollar bills every second, I'd have enough for maybe about six or seven hours, I think I calculated. And then I'd be out of money. Um, King Solomon, with $2 trillion, if he were giving dollar bills out every single second, would have enough money to do that for 64,000 years. That's $2 Now let's picture 37 trillion cells inside the body. And yet still, we're one body. Is our God amazing or what? (laughs) God has all of these things working together. How in the world is this possible? Well, verse 13 says, we are all baptized into one spirit or by one spirit so as to form one body. I mean, we're all different. You can look around. Look in here. Look at our city. We're all different. No one alike. Even though we're incredibly diverse, we still come together, the Bible tells us, to form one body. Because we are baptized into this one spirit. So I wanted to understand that a little bit, and I did a little research on this. But before we're baptized into Christ before we become a part of the family or the body of Christ, we kind of go our own way. We do our own thing. I have these desires. I want to go and do this. I have this focus. I want to do this. So when we are so diverse, we're drawn in all sorts of different directions. But when you come to know Jesus and he becomes a part of your life, we now are a part, we are baptized into, Paul says here, one spirit. So when we're baptized into the one spirit, Now we're drawn together because we're all feeding off of the one spirit. We all go back to that same one spirit. And so we're united in this very way. We draw from it. And that spirit is always pointing to Christ. So he goes on to say, so it's no longer a case of you're not Jew, you're not Greek, you're not this, you're not that. Or I guess if we were living in nowadays, you know, people would say it's not... Hispanic, white, black, Asian, uh, cool, not cool, tall, short, uh, Broncos fan, Dennis, wherever you are, Bears fan, Chuck, John, Steelers fan, and Bengals fan, we're still part of the same body. Those things don't matter anymore. What matters is we've all been drawn together, even though we're incredibly diverse. Because of the one Spirit that Jesus has given, we are together. So that's really important. I want us to understand that. That first, that's our, our first thing is we are one body together. And next, I wanted us to look at the fact that we're one body with many different parts. Okay, now this is where it gets pretty interesting. So in verse fourteen, it says, "Now the body is not made up of one part, but many." When you look at our bodies, what do you see? There's the eyes. There's the nose, got the head, the legs, the feet. There's a lot of different parts of the body. And each one of these parts have different functions. I think we could probably all agree on that. Well, it's the same way in the body of Christ, which is what we are. We all have different functions. But we need to remember that just as the body has different functions, we are working together as the church with different functions. You see, the city of Corinth, the church in Corinth, was having quite a few problems at this time. There were believers in the church who saw each other differently, maybe because of their ethnic background. The Jews over here, the Greeks over here. Maybe the rich over here, the poor over here. As a matter of fact, he has to write to them about the time that they're getting together for communion. Because he says, guys, listen, the way you're doing communion isn't honoring God at all. He says, you have rich people coming And they're feasting on their food first, and then they're not leaving anything for the poorer people. That's what you're doing for communion. Communion. What kind of a body is this? Now, not only that, there were people in Corinth in the church that saw certain spiritual gifts as more valuable than others. And so they would treat each other differently because of this. But didn't we just say that the body has different functions? That we do different things, and yet together we make up the same body. It's the same way with the church. We can't just say that because somebody's different, they have longer hair, they have shorter hair, they have this gift, they have that gift, they have a different background, different financial situation, different function in the church. We can't say that they're not part of the body. That would be ridiculous. It says here in verse 15 and 16, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I don't belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. See, we can't just say, because I'm not like this person, I'm not a part of the body. That wouldn't make any sense at all. God has designed it this way. So why so many different parts? Why not all the same? Well, let's think about it for just a second. In the body, the eyes are for seeing. The ears are for hearing. The nose is for smelling. The mouth for speaking and eating. If the body were full of noses but didn't have any ears, we might be able to smell really well. But you know what? I wouldn't be able to hear Beethoven's Ninth Symphony. Pretty disappointing for me as a music guy. If the body were full of eyes but it didn't have any tongue... I might be able to see how delicious a Chipotle burrito looks, but I would never be able to taste it. My daughters have um, Mr. Potato Head collection. We've got like 10 or 15 of these, so we just throw them all in one box, and then when they open up the box, they start putting these pieces together. And my favorite is watching Aria, because when she first started with this, it was a mess. She's got a potato here, and, you know, there's an arm up here. There's an ear here, and then sometimes there's eyes here, eyes here, eyes here, eyes here. And if we were to look at that, now I love it, of course, because she's my girl, and I love what she's doing. But if we were to look at that and see somebody that looked like that, we're going to be like, wait, okay, hang on. Why do they have seven set of eyes? And why are there five noses on this guy? That's not the way that God has made the human body. It's not the way that he has designed us to function. So there are differences. Well, think about it in the church. Let's just say that um, we were all musicians. If we were, we'd all be up on stage. Who's going to be out there? Who's going to greet people? Who's going to preach? Or if we were all ushers, who's going to help out in the kids' ministry? Who's going to help out in the nursery? We need each other. There needs to be different parts for these different functions to work, work. The ministry team fair that we had just recently. That's to help everybody find out where they are a part of the body. Now, I jokingly gave Sam an idea. I said, listen, if we have people that don't participate in certain areas, we can just do a draft. We'll just draft people in, right? Um, And I said, yeah, I'll draft Matt onto the, uh, the worship team. And he said, that wouldn't be a good idea, okay, for singing. And I said that jokingly, but the truth is... We all fit somewhere. God has designed it that way. And it's our desire to want to help you find that area. And I'm speaking to everyone in here. Not just one person. Not just ten people. If you're in here, you are a part of this body. If you draw from that same spirit, if you declare Jesus as your Savior, you're a part of that body. And you are significant. I need you to know that. God has declared it. And so when we look at this and say, we're many different parts, but we come together as one body, it's crazy to think about the fact that we can all be unified together because we are so different. And does anybody have sometimes a difficult time getting along with people that are different? I thought that might, there might be a few people out there. But... You know, God's done this for a reason. I want you to think for just a moment that unified in the body does not mean that we are all the same. Unified in the body means actually we're all different, but we have the same goal. We're all heading in the same direction. And I think people miss that a lot. Sometimes we get offended because somebody does something differently. Well, I would have done it another way. Well, I, I don't know about this. this is, I've never done it like that before. But instead of looking at that person and saying, this is a beautiful part of the body of Christ, how can we work together? Sometimes our first step is to be in judgment. See, the people in Corinth failed to realize this. And so Paul is trying to remind them, you are many different parts, but together, one body. Verse 18 of what we read says this, but in fact, God has arranged the parts In the body. God has. Every one of them. Just as he wanted them to be. It wasn't a mistake. We're all different. For a reason. And this led me. To a very third. Challenging truth. Point that I wanted to share with you guys. And it might be difficult for some of you. But I want you to know that. As I read through it. This is what I really feel like God is telling us. And that is that we all need each other. We all need each other. Verse 21 says, the eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. Now, my eyes are good, but if I need to open a door... I need a hand, otherwise I'm not gonna get very far. The head is very important, we would agree on that, but if I'm wanting to walk a mile, I need feet. We all need each other. Julie and I absolutely love our neighbors. And catty corner to us, we have a gentleman whose name is Steve, and he lives there with his um, Daughter Emerson, actually, Emerson is in Kimberly's class at school. And um, Steve is completely blind. He lost his sight in Iraq when an IED exploded. And um, I've had several conversations with him. An amazing man. You know, sometimes you would think you would go to somebody like that and they might be a little bitter towards the world. Not Steve, not in any way. Um, He's a very exciting man to talk to. Well, Steve relies on his other senses to help him through his daily walk. Because he can't see, he has to feel around something. He has to listen for certain sounds. He has to understand that he takes this many steps to go somewhere. And while that may be a bit challenging, without those other senses, Steve would be in a lot of trouble. Those senses need each other in the body to be able to do this. As a matter of fact, he was speaking to me the other day, and I didn't even realize this when he he told me. He said to me, I've never seen my daughter. He's never seen his youngest daughter. But he knows what she sounds like. And he knows the hug. And he knows the kiss. And he loves her. He didn't need his eyes for that. was relying on the other senses to help him we have to work together in the body why? because God has designed it this way we need each other to be able to function properly if I were up here leading worship and we didn't have anybody at the soundboard, (laughs) thank you Nathan and Zach and Carl and, and Brian and Tom for those of you guys who serve this wouldn't work this wouldn't work How could we ever lead on the worship team? Um, How could we ever share in the Lord's Supper if no one prepared it? So thank you, ladies, for those of you who take the time to do that. Now, not only do we need each other, but many times the parts of the body are not as visible, but they're still just as important. Verse 22, on the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment at all. You see, the eyes are very important to me, but I could live without them if I needed to. But my liver, which you can't see, I need that. I need that. Many people might see Pastor Jesse up here preaching every week say he's the head of the church He is absolutely necessary we got to have him and he does an amazing job and i'm so thankful that he is here with us but maybe sometimes we forget about the many prayer warriors that lift him up during the week please be with pastor jesse and his family please watch over them did you know you're just as important you are just as important somebody may see Pastor Sam or myself up here on stage helping to lead worship or to speak say, Wow, those ministries that they're helping to head up, that's, that's really important. But you know, everything that we're doing here without people like Alan and Jewel that go behind the scenes and set everything up wouldn't work. There's many of you out there that are involved in other ministries that are working, that are praying. Thank you for those of you who are working in the kids' ministry. Thank you for those of you who are in the nursery. Thank you for those of you who are on the kitchen team. We could not do it without you. You are so valuable to the body of Christ. I want you to know that. God wants you to know that. Just because you're not seen all the time doesn't mean you aren't important. This past week, my father-in-law was having some issues with his truck and he is great with mechanical things i'm not (laughs) i don't know anything about vehicles i can tell you where the license plate is um, and where the motor is but other than that i just i'm not gifted in that area but my father-in-law sometimes takes things completely apart and so he started taking his truck apart because it wouldn't start and so there were pieces everywhere and um He figured out there's got to be something wrong with the fuel pump because it just wasn't starting. And he had just filled it up with gas, and he found out, wow, maybe the only way to to get to the fuel pump is to lower the tank and get to it or take the the bed of the truck Either way, he said this was going to be a lot of work, a very costly thing. And he was speaking to a fellow, fellow mechanic, somebody in the family, and he said, hey, have you checked fuse number 27? And he's like, yeah, I checked it. It's fine. He's like, well, just check it again. Just make sure before you do anything else. Um, and he's like, okay, I'll check it. So he goes back to check fuse 29, which is the fuel pump fuse. And he, he goes into the box. It's, it's hidden away in the engine there. He has to take a couple things off. Goes to get it with his pliers, pulls it out, and it breaks. So he's like, okay, well, I guess I need to go buy another one. So he goes, and, you know, it's like, it was like $2 for a couple of fuses. So he goes and he buys it. And he, he buys the fuse, and he puts the fuse in. <laughs> and he tries to start the car, and it starts right up. Didn't have to take the fuel pump out. Didn't have to take the fuel tank out. Didn't have to remove the bed of the truck. What he was missing, the reason the car wouldn't start, is the fuse. This is the fuse. A little 10-amp fuse. Maybe some of you guys can't even see it from back there. (laughs) That's the fuse. It wouldn't run. It wouldn't go anywhere. It was useless. But it needed a fuse. Sometimes those things which are not visible, tiniest parts of the body, are extremely important. God wants us to realize this. Each of us has a spectacular gift. Even though it may not be the one that is most present. The people in Corinth sometimes gave a a favorable approach approach to those who could speak in tongues, for example. It was a miraculous gift. Oh, man, they're speaking in tongues. They must be full full of Christ. But they would sometimes neglect the other gifts. And Paul's saying, listen, just because you don't see it doesn't mean that it isn't an amazing gift. Even more so, we all need each other. Every gift is important. We need each other. I would imagine there might be one or two of you that are out there that are saying to yourself, yeah, but I'm kind of a loner. I don't, I don't really like being around people. So maybe God has made me that way. So there's got to be a few exceptions, right? There has to be a few people that can be standouts. I don't, Necessarily like being with the body of Christ. As a matter of fact, when I've asked some of my students at school, I say, hey, so where do you guys go to church? I don't really go anywhere. I mean, you can love Jesus, you can love him and not be a part of that, right? And in such a way, just live separately. And just live isolated. Interestingly enough, there actually is a cell in the body that does this. There is a cell that works independently. Do you know what it's called? It's called cancer. And it multiplies rapidly, but it does not support the functions of the body as the other cells do. Guys, I want you to understand, not is it just one body, not do we all have just many gifts, but God has designed it this way for a very specific reason so that we would all work together in community with each other. You need to understand and you need to realize what Paul is saying here about how important you are to the body of Christ. And then I wanted to leave it with this last point because as I was preparing for the message today, I had the opportunity to listen to a lot of different pastors share. I was listening to a lot of different podcasts, spending a lot of time reading. And one of the things that I I saw as an overwhelming theme was they said, you know what? You've always got to bring it back to Christ because it always goes back to the good news. Well, how appropriate that God says, and the head of the body is Christ. The head of the body is Christ. This only works if Christ is the head of the body. Colossians 1.18 reads this way, and he, which is Jesus is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all of his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile, to bring us back to himself, all things, whether the things on earth or the things in heaven, by making peace through his blood, which was shed on the cross. The body must have a head, or else it has no life. God has used this perfect analogy of the body to demonstrate that Christ must be at the head of this. Without Jesus, we have nothing. This church could be the most hopping church in Orlando. We're going to have hundreds, if not thousands, of people coming here. We could have the best kids' ministries. But without Jesus, it doesn't matter. He is the one that gives us our direction. He has to be at the forefront. The body without the head, it doesn't work. And I wanted to, I wanted to close with this. I'll go ahead and invite the worship team to come back up. But as I was studying this, I found an incredible story. And maybe you've heard it before. I had no idea. But you guys have heard the expression, you know, running around like a chicken with its head cut off, right? Okay. Well, apparently that actually happens. A chicken, like, survives for a little bit after that happens and runs around. But then it eventually dies. Well, I read this story, um, and it's called Miracle Mike. Apparently in the 40s, there was a chicken or a rooster that... Gotten its head cut off and survived. It actually survived for 18 months. And the owner would feed it using a little, like, water dropper thing there because apparently it missed some of the vital portions there, but it survived. And it was amazing. People would, you know, go to see this rooster that somehow didn't have a head but was still alive. But it was the clumsiest thing ever. It didn't know where it was going. It couldn't obviously eat on its own. It was basically useless. Completely dependent on something. It eventually died. As would the church. Without Christ at the forefront. If you know what the situation of the church is in America today, If you know what it looks like as the body, are we putting Christ at the head? I want you to remember this. We are one body made up of many different parts. And every single one of you is so important. But without Christ at the head, we can't do it. I don't want to do it without well, Christ at the forefront. What should the culture of the church look like when you walk in? Many different people, one body, one purpose with Christ at the forefront. I invited AJ who was joining us on the worship team to pray for us as we close our time. But I pray that when you think about what's taking place today, that you would be challenged. Maybe there would be a time where somebody in the family of Christ upsets you. Would you remember Christ first and what he's done for you? Because it's going to make it a lot easier to love that person. Maybe somebody works a little bit differently than you do in the body of Christ. That doesn't mean they love you any less god has made it this way so let's bring glory to him would you pray with me